You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Sunday slash Monday, everybody, and welcome in to another edition of the Locked On Pacers podcast, where we, of course, talk about the Indiana Pacers as always. My name's Tony East. I cover the team for Forbes and the West Side Community News, and I say Sunday slash Monday because this episode's coming out a little early because free agency is upon us at 6 p.m. on Monday, I think. Maybe a little earlier than that. Time zones are confusing, but is when the contracts can officially, air quotes, be negotiated and players can be signed and we'll get all the crazy news of player swaps. If you're here for draft news from the Pacers, last Friday's episode got you covered and we'll break down how the draft fits into free agency later this week. But today, there's some Pacers news to get to regarding free agency and then we're going to make some predictions and thoughts on guys they might sign, guys they might re-sign, all the good stuff y'all are looking for for free agency predictions. And joining me, of course, to do that, who will be talking to me many times this week as the Pacers and teams around the NBA alter their rosters, my lovely co-host, former Indy Corners writer extraordinaire Adam Friedman. Adam, are you prepared for the chaos, although this year won't be that chaotic, of free agency? You just jinxed us. I did, I did, didn't I? So yeah, some insane did. superstar trade no one sees coming. Yeah, who would that even be? You know, if no one sees it coming, Adam, I can't really predict it, can I? <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> like... Chris Paul opts out to figure out how to get his way to Los Angeles. That would be the big move. Probably, that would right? be the crazy thing. But this is all Pacer stuff, and there's a lot of free agency stuff to get to. But they actually have made a few, mostly obvious, but a few moves prior to free agency to set them up roster-wise, cap-wise. Right, We know their situation a lot better now heading into free agency. And the first one is Edmund Sumner, who might be in the rotation next year. He's clearly the best player we're going to talk about in this first segment. Um but he could have been a free agent. They had a team option on him. We talked about uh, when we were previewing their offseason that there's a chance that they would decline his team option, which the due, the deadline for that was Saturday, and then extend a longer deal with him. But they did not do that. Instead, they pick up his team option, Edmund Sumner, on the Pacers next year for $2.32 million. No-brainer. Obvious move. Yeah, I mean, he was a rotation player at the end of the season when he was healthy. Probably be in the rotation again this season. That two point whatever he's making is like a bargain for a guy. Like that. with Duarte, but I agree. I think he he's better than Duarte as of now. Yeah, I mean, even if he's not in your rotation at that price, that's the price you pay for basically like a like a bench like a non rotation player. Absolutely. So if he even if he has like the ability to just be in your rotation, that's a win at that sour number. I mean, that's yeah. You just it's like you'd be dumb on the deal unless you somehow want to extend him to a longer deal. But I don't think he's quite earned that quite yet. He's got to stay like if he plays seventy five games. He might be able to get a nice extension, but he's got to kind of prove that still. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, he's definitely good enough for, I think, a little bit of a pay bump, but the Pacers signed him to a good deal at first, and now they reap the benefits as they get Sumner back for $2.3 million, Good deal. He might be the last guy in the rotation. He might be the first guy out. This team's full of injury-prone players. He'll get plenty of reps. He started 24 games last year, I think, so plenty of opportunity for him to still be a part of the team next year. That was the first big free agent domino for the Pacers. Number two... And this one's got some ripple effects that we'll have to talk about next segment as we predict what happens to the rest of the Pacers free agents. But uh, Dwayne Washington Jr. from Ohio State, guard from Ohio State, has signed a two-way deal with the Pacers. That happened like an hour after the draft. Uh, He took a ton of threes at Ohio State, 512 of them to be exact, in his three years. Canned about 36% of them. Over half the shots he took were threes. In the NBA, he's going to shoot a lot of threes. Chad Buchanan and I were talking at Media Day on Friday 
uh, after the first round pick signings. And he talks about how the Pacers like to have guards on two ways in that pipeline. Cause you know, it's easier to develop guards via the two way system. Uh, that's sort of how, you know, that's a G league reference, not as well. They can get more reps with the ball down there. So uh, yeah, another two way guy in for the Pacers. And I don't know that he'll have much impact on this season in particular, but you know, that's the kind of guys they like to have on the two ways is guys with specific skills and Washington can really shoot. So it makes sense to me. Does that lock up all their two-way spots or they have one more left? Uh, we'll, we'll have to kind of talk about that next segment. But yeah, the Brima last year signed a two-year two-way. So technically he's on a two-way, the other two-way slot right now. But uh, Brima's two-way has $0 guaranteed. So they could cut him anytime and just swipe him out for another guy if they wanted gotcha. to. So we will talk. I mean, and Brima and Cassius are both playing summer league. Uh, you, you can kind of read the tea leaves on what's going on there. Uh, but we'll talk about that next segment when we predict what happens with all the Pacers free agents, which includes Cassius. But yes, Dwayne Washington gets one of the two-way slots. He'll be a fantastic wing shooter for the Mad Ants and a garbage time guy for the Pacers. The third one, speaking of Cassius, uh, he got a qualifying offer per J. Michael uh, of the Indy Star, and he is playing summer league for the Pacers. A qualifying offer, if Cassius takes it, means he he if he signs this qualifying offer, it's just a two-way for next year. He'll be back on the team if he, if he signs it. He's a restricted free agent now. So if Cassius signs with another team, the Pacers can match that contract if they don't want to lose him. And he is playing in summer league for the Pacers, so it seems like they have some investment in his future. But again, we'll talk about this next segment. But uh, Cassius restricted seems like the Pacers have at least some interest because of that and bringing him back. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he's going to have – I mean, unless there's some team that really wants to have him as their 12th or guy on the bench. I mean, it seems like he's probably not getting any actual real offer from a team. It's whether then he wants to go do a two-way somewhere else, but then they can just match that, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And, you know, if I think, too, if he did get that offer just because of the way these two ways go and getting out of them and how agents view them, they would just let him go. You know what I mean? They wouldn't match. They would just be like, OK, you know, this team wants to give you a bigger deal than we would. That's fine. Um, so, yeah, that's like the news with the guys who actually will play games for the Pacers next year, I would imagine. Uh, the, they signed another guy. His name is uh, Terry Taylor. Uh, you probably have never heard of him. He's going to be in training camp and playing for the summer league team that was announced today. And I only am bringing him up because one, he's in camp, which means he'll probably play in the preseason games for the Pacers. But two, this man's stats at Austin P are like hysterical, Adam. So this kid is a six foot five guard. Uh, his senior year, he averaged 21.6 points and 11.1 rebounds per game. <laughs> Pretty impressive. He also had one, what, 1.6 assists, right? Yeah, not a passer. <laughs> Definitely not a passer. not a passer. But he they did sign him for sure. He's on the summer league squad. And he actually shoots like pretty good from two point range. Like he he apparently can fill it up and, and is a beast in the paint. He ended up averaging uh 19.7 and 9.8 per game in college. So we know he's gonna be on the training camp roster. So that's one of the 20 guys yeah, there. Best guy on the Ohio Valley Conference, whatever <laughs> whatever that means. Hey, there you go. So yeah, uh that's all we know for now of the news, but that was all the stuff that had deadlines. This weekend, uh, still no decision made on Keelan Martin. Kevin Pritchard and Chad Buchanan both said. Um, so, yeah, we'll find out more about him. And we'll talk about him in a second. But I don't think there was any more news. Do you have anything else you want to you talk about with the Pacers guys? No, I mean, this. a lot of this stuff is on the fringes, but it will affect the salary cap. So that's Definitely, what, definitely. It's and that's what we want. Setting the t- well, and it impacts, like, they don't need a backup shooting guard if Sumner stays. And, you know, they're less likely to think about a, a, a wing on at the end of the roster if they have Washington on a two-way, right? Like, it's minor stuff, but it certainly sets the scene a little more than it sounds like it does. Yeah, well, they have Jimmy Lamb, remember that. And they drafted Duarte. So, yeah, they're, yeah, they're done. I don't really know if they might be done it. with wings anyway. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure they really need a shooting guard. I think they have enough of those in the roster. Right. Considering like 
two of their players are shooting guards in the starting lineup as well in some ways. So anyways, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, the, the big thing with these guys, is it affects the salary cap. So, right. And, we'll see, and that'll be, that'll be issue. Cause they're, they're very, there's a very tight range between their uh, salaries guaranteed and the luxury tax threshold. So can I just throw an assumption at you for the rest of this podcast? That's relevant for this first segment. Yeah. Would you say that it's a guarantee of Shaber sets on the roster next season? Yes, I would too. So if you assume that like I do, even though his deal is non-guaranteed, the Pacers have 12 roster spots filled up after picking up uh, Sumner's team option. And they haven't done anything surprising yet, but that's just how it is between the, the two first rounders, eight guys back from last year, plus keeping Sumner and O'Shea puts him at 12 guys. So uh, we'll see how this goes for free agency, but it sounds like they have three open roster spots and three unrestricted free agents. You know, you could see other guys come back. Uh, plus Keelan's on a non-guarantee for a spot too. Uh, so, so we'll see. I mean, th- th- there's likely going to have to be a change though, because they added two guys with first rounders, at least one. So let's talk about the guys who could or could not be back for the Pacers. But first let's take a short little break before we make our official free agency predictions for Pacers players. So we can talk about the great folks over at Bilt Bar who are making the best tasting protein bars ever. They have so many delicious flavors. So there's something for everybody. They're hundred percent covered in chocolate protein bars. They're all soft, easy to chew. Again, they come in a bunch of flavors. They have a mixed variety pack that comes with nine of their most popular flavors. The little chocolate one in there is really good. The mint brownie one's really good. They're all really good. They kind of have that, a texture that matches their flavor. So you can try them all and you'll enjoy them. And they're all healthy too, right? 17 to 18 grams of protein, only 130 to 180 calories, only four to five grams of sugar, and only four to five grams of net carbs. They're the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team with the Olympics going on. That's pretty cool. So go to built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your order. That promo code is LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. So there's a lot of players we got to make predictions for if they'll be back with the Pacers or not in free agency and kind of what contract they'll get. But I just said O'Shea to you to kind of set the scene for the roster spot crunch versus the number of guys. So let's do it. We already did O'Shea. O'Shea technically could be a free agent if the Pacers decide to waive him. That would be extremely dumb. He was very good for them last year. He's got a good shot to be in the rotation next year. He will be back. One down. Yeah, they, I guess the only way he's not right is if like something happens the first couple of months where he like. I mean, he'll be back, but like then the right, his non guarantee date is in the, during the season, right? You'd have to tear his ACL before January, basically. Yeah, so that's terrible. what I was saying, or like something else. But like that can't really affect your free agency because you because you're still. Like you can't expect that to happen. Yes. Yeah. He's playing in summer league though. And I, I kind of think, you know, it's risky on a non-guarantee, but I kind of feel like he's doing that with the assurance from them that they'll keep him. You know what I mean? Cause he was so good last year. Right. So like, even if he gets hurt in summer league, they'll keep him around. So yeah, O'Shea, I'm very much betting we'll be back, but that there's still four and kind of a two way slot guys. We still have to talk about for this. So let's start with the big fish, Doug McDermott. Uh, he's a tough one to predict. We did the McDermott versus McConnell show already. We talked about McDermott's free agency on his player season recap. The Pacers have the money to keep McDermott and stay under the tax. That is a fact. But if they do that, that would basically be their whole summer. He's probably going to get somewhere between 10 and 12 million on the open market. Great shooter would fit with what Carlisle wants to do, but he's expensive and would limit them from doing basically anything else in the free agency period. Do you think Doug McDermott is back and what kind of contract do you think he gets? So, I think this better off to start with Keelan Martin here in some weird ways. Wow. Why is that? Well, because it affects the amount of money that, right? So they're at like, what do we, what you gave me that before the show? What are they at between their guaranteed salaries and the tax threshold? Sure. 13.1 million shy of the luxury tax right now. Right. If they don't, if they cut Keelan, they open one and a half million more, right? 1.7. Yes. 1.7. So then they're at what, that 14.8 then? Yep. So 
we assume McDermott, let's say he gets 10, then that's pushing up. Can they get, can they keep McConnell and McDermott? And they need a backup point guard. Like they need one. That, so that, it's, can they fit either McConnell or somebody to that spot? And I don't know if they can. So that's why I'd be worried about McDermott coming back. Yeah. See, I, I agree with you that we should have gone in that order now that you say that. So I'll put, but even in tandem, you kind of just spoiled both. It's like, Cutting Keelan still doesn't give you probably enough room to keep both McDermott and McConnell, even if the Pacers would like to keep both and both would like to be back, which they have both said publicly and the team has said publicly. Reporting suggests that it's going to be hard for them to do that. So it might just be, you know, McConnell had a great draft night because even if you could, even if you think that their Pacers plan was just keep whichever one's cheaper so they could like have other options with their MLE and stuff. Now, not only is he probably cheaper, they need him way more, right? So because of what happened on draft night and they still have a tight budget, unless they're able to flip someone for a lesser salary, I mean, basically Jeremy Lamb has been the obvious candidate for that for like 12 months at this point. Well, since the bubble ended. So yeah, like 11 months at this point. Unless they're able to flip him for lesser salary to open that space, I'm imagining McDermott gets about three before, let's say, 36 to 40 with a different team just because the Pacers will not be able to keep him in McConnell and they'll probably prioritize McConnell. Yeah. So like, here's my other thought, right? So they can get McConnell on three for 18. There's some deal. Justin holiday signed. He make like five something to start. Could you go in the year a million or two over and just hope you're able to move one of go or lamb at some point to just go to the tax, but that'd be really well, risky and really tough. I mean, be, yeah. yeah, it is risky. It is so risky, but you know, if that's, if that's what it would take, that's great. And keeping both is fine. But then if they keep both, Duarte is not in the rotation next year, right? And I think that that's not something they want either. I'm not sure Duarte should guide your decisions about free agents, but you know, especially with other extensions coming up, that guys will get more expensive. TJ Warren, namely, is the big one there, but also eventually Turner will need an extension or be a free agent or be dealt. Or Sabonis will need an extension and not very long from now, ironically. like All this stuff, to me, means they probably will only pick one and they can't even legally give McConnell a one-year deal unless he takes like a really cheap salary because early bird rights require a two-year deal. So it'd be really hard for them to give one of them a one-year huge deal and be able to keep both. So I am predicting that McDermott signs about three for 40 and it's not with the Pacers or it's a sign and trade from the Pacers to another team. Yeah. That is my guess. Part of me really thinks you're, can you figure out how to keep McDermott into all that extra money and just, and somehow between either Goga, moving Goga or something, get a backup point guard as not McConnell. That's also possible. Trading uh, your first round pick from a few seasons ago for a backup point guard also seems like a bad idea. But yeah, I but I guess, but we were doing this before the show. Like, we, I'm not sure how Goga plays that, that many minutes if O'Shea and everything like that. Like, it just becomes like, are you really going to be okay with your basically third year player playing 10 minutes when you could use the slot and somebody could play? 25 or 30 and that's that's what that's the calculation there. yeah but I you can that, develop a guy playing 10 minutes and developing the guy who's playing more is not worth no it. no i i get that but I, at some point it's kind of like if and you have the setters again next year so like by the time goes deals up he just might he might never know what he what he is right and so and then it's like then you're paying him money it's just yeah i don't know at some point you have to like worry about like you cut you cut your losses and not keep doubling down i guess in some ways and go guy i don't think he's a bad player i'm not sure we'll ever see him be a good player as long as there's two centers in the Pacers. I agree you cut him. your losses at some point. I don't agree you do it to get a backup point guard. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think he has more value than that to your strategy. Because they could just sign, like if they're trading him for a backup point guard, he's only making $3 million, right? So the most you can get back is like 4.9. Just sign the guy. You have the means to do the same thing. Just sign the guy. No, but I'm saying if you get McDermott, like 
the twelve million dollar number, then you need that that three million dollars plus whatever you have to not be in that tax. Wow. So then your salary dumping go got for a backup. I mean, now I, I really don't like it. I the pro, I don't necessarily like it that much either, but like I just don't. I just feel like Goga is like it's kind of a waste of a spot because he literally is not playing. I'm not saying he's not going to be good and couldn't be good somewhere else, but like I, I don't see how he plays in this team in any significantly important minutes. And you need a backup point guard like to be. Here's decent. my strongest counter to that, and I guarantee you don't have a rebuttal for this one. Okay. They come to the point where they're that close, and they would ra- and they're they're thinking about salary dumping Goga for a backup guard. Just stretch Jeremy Lamb. Just cut him. Oh, that's that's a good that that's the right, right number. That's then you a good idea. Six million. I mean, it would suck to be paying Jeremy Lamb three and a, three point seven million for the next three years. But I mean, if that's what it takes to keep Goga and keep your two guys, I don't think they should do that. By the way, but yeah, I guess I just worry that like if it comes ge- to that, I would do that. In just general, that you're you're either at some point going to have to trade Goga or you have to pay him, and you haven't seen him play more than ten minutes a game for four years. I don't yeah. know how you can really pay him. Yeah, they won't pay him a ton if that's the case. But yes, I agree that the wor- we've been we've talked about how the worry with him and and don't invest too much into him if you don't plan on him having a future. But Turner's got two years left. So the, the Goga decision has to come soon, right? We've said that for a million years. Yeah, I mean, the, the logical move here really is, can you move one of the centers for a little less salary? That is because, also, it also makes some sense, yes. Right, could you do like 14, get a $14 million salary back of a player that you like that's worth playing, but then, or maybe that salary becomes the backup point guard, then the whole thing's moot, right? Or whatever you decide to do. I don't know what the move is, but like, like, could you figure that out? That's the other option, but beyond I don't these, know. Beyond these trade options that that are plausible things that Bezos have to think about and are not completely, like there's already been a lot of trades over the weekend. Like the Celtics made a, two deals uh, and the Mavs made a deal and I'm missing one, but there were, there were a lot of trades this weekend. Celtics like, made one, Mavs made one. Celtics so. made two, right? Kings made one. Um, you know, they were everywhere. Anyway, um, just, just if they don't make a deal, what their situation is. I can't, I mean, the trades could happen, but let's go to McConnell now. Anyway, I think that actually was helpful because the exercise with McDermott is it is possible they keep both, but it would require some funky cap gymnastics, right? And that, that's yeah. important to talk about. McConnell, because he has early bird rights, the max he can get in the first year of his deal is about $10.5 million. So even if he's, he's not worth that, just to get thing out of, that out of the way. But there he's going to be affordable just by default of his contract. So I think that because they traded Aaron too, it's it's exceedingly more likely that he returns now because they really need to back up one. So I predict McConnell after predicting McDermott will not be back and will get about three for 35 to 40. McConnell, I will guess, is about three for 24, 23 uh, with the Pacers. Maybe that, feels like a, even. that feels like a lot. Really? I mean, it, it, it feels like a lot to pay McConnell. I mean, I think it's what the market would dictate, but it just feels like a lot. I mean, huh. maybe because Justin Holly took such a cheap deal that I'm kind of preparing to that. Which he was Justin better than Holly- Justin last year, right? Yeah, he was. Although I think <laughs> Justin... Was he better More than Justin? Two- position, sure, but I think I was think he better than Justin two seasons ago? Yeah, probably. It's close. Okay. It's close, right? I mean, the thing about Justin is like if he's in the right, like he has a versatility and a playoff playability. The way McConnell, we're not so sure about at this point, right? I mean, Justin Holly was a starter in the playoffs then for what two games to, uh, in the bubble, and he was like okay in those games. He wasn't. I know. think McConnell in the playoffs is is fine but he has to be the one like you can't put him with brogdon as much you know what i mean and i think they kind of got screwed with injuries that they had to change yeah yeah I mean, I think, in the bubble and i think the heat were clearly a much better team right than right. they might hopefully won't face although every year like they played the you know like there were three seasons in a row they played the best team in the first round so who knows about that really um, and McDermott yeah, and mcconnell I mean, are the big two and i think we kind of agree that it's probably one or the other but reminder these are rotation players from a team that just went under 500 
if they end up leaving or getting a bunch of money elsewhere, that could be bad for the Pacers in the immediate term. They might have to pivot and, you know, scour the free agent market. But it's not like the sky is falling situation. It would kind of hurt their bench, but they already have a lot of guys under contract we already talked about. Like, obviously, it's good to keep good players, but it's not the end of the world. Yeah, I mean, that's what that's the kind of last piece like I want to throw out there. And we'll probably go to the next segment, I know. But, like, do they just decide that they don't want either of those guys and they just want to use their full MLE on somebody? Because they can probably get a player that is can do a little, like, maybe they can get a point guard or point guard-like player who also can kind of shoot instead of, like, kind of picking one or the other, they get kind of a combination. That guy's out there for the MLE, I would be stunned. Yeah, you're probably right. But <laughs> there's probably there's probably something to get out there for the MLE, and then do they just um, – then they, they piece together the point guard minutes on the bench with, with uh, LaVert. I don't know. I, guess that's probably I don't know that they can get a better fitting thing with the MLE. Can they? I mean, what can they get know, with the MLE that's better than McDermott at his price? Yeah, you probably, McDermott probably will be the, the yeah, number one player point. And then with McConnell, yeah. he's not quite worth the MLE, but by keeping him, you keep the MLE as well. You know what I mean? Yeah, because we went over the Fragens thing, and there's really not that many like right. MLE. It's guys. a hard tier. Like Otto Porter is one of the few guys that's in that in between range. And I'm like, hey, I'd probably use there, but they also probably won't even use the full MLE because they'd get hard capped. So that's yeah. Cool. Well, that's the other option too. Is like, I mean, it's not using MLE, but we'll sort of like to sign and trade McDermott for somebody. Right. And that, that's the other thing, right? Like, do they can they do that instead of they pass both guys by signing Trey McDermott? I guess we have several other free agents to get to. We do not need yeah. to get this nitty gritty today. No, I, I was just that, that's another option. There, they somehow try to use that that space set up for neither guy and get somebody else yes. go somewhere else. Signing Trey McDermott it. seems like a fantastic idea. All right, yes. Jakar Sampson. This one, you know, I was a little more confident in this before one. They drafted Isaiah Jackson, right? So they have their energy four, five, whatever now. And two, they drafted two guys, regardless of their position, which takes up one more roster spot. And I'm going to tell you a stat that sounds really dumb when I say it, but I'll explain why I'm saying it, if that's cool with you. Last season, I did not know this, nor, and I was kind of surprised by this. And it's a really silly stat, and I'm trying to get the specific numbers in front of me. Keelan Martin played more minutes than Jakar last year, right? I didn't know that. It wasn't very many more. Keelan played 322. Jakar played 316. But Keelan played more, right? So I think they value Keelan more. So because of that, you know, where Keelan's still kind of teetering on if he's back or not, I think Jakar's not on the Pacers next year. I don't know what he gets. Maybe he just gets the minimum somewhere else. But I think because oh of the roster spot crunch and they could just keep Keelan, who they preferred last year, uh, in the exact same situations, and they just got Jackson, I think Jakar's gone. Yeah, I would agree with you. It's not that interesting of a guy to talk about because he's been a minimum guy for three straight years. But I, I mean, think O'Shea's pretty much run Jakar off, to be honest. That too, that too. Yeah, a lot of factors working against Jakar here. I think he's gone. I think he's still an NBA quality player. I just don't yeah. think he's a spot with the Pacers anymore. Yeah, he'll find it. He'll land somewhere, hopefully. I agree. That one's kind of sad. He was always a fun guy to watch and talk to, but I mean, the roster is just... It, it, it makes very little sense to me that he would be back unless they cut Keelan, and even then, I'd be pretty surprised. If they yeah, I feel like there's somebody else they would go. I mean, also, I mean, remember, you said before, they went 34 and 38. Yeah, right. And then you just need to get, need to get new guys in, whether it's... Not any Jakarta fall, but just like sometimes go to get kind of new blood and and you know as like a like kind of a fresh start. All right, time for the hardest one. You ready? Yeah, sure. Keelan Martin, non guaranteed at the minimum. Guarantee date is the seventh, so that is Friday, Saturday, this weekend, right? So they Saturday. will get Saturday. They get the whole week to figure out what they can do. And I have a prediction, but it's very boring. Okay, do you want to get me first? You want me to say I'll go first. Okay. I think that if they get to the point where they find a signing that they they need whatever he makes, 1.7 million, right? 
If they yeah. find a deal that they're like a million short of what they need to get an actual impact player under the tax, they'll cut Keelan in the next couple of days. But if they can't find that, I think he'll be back. That's that's not a prediction, Tony. That's just like I think it's a stated fact. <laughs> I know, but that's not a prediction. So my prediction is that they can't find that deal because they have budgetary constraints anyway. So my official prediction is that Keelan Martin is back on his $1.7 million. So Keelan ends up being the 14th guy, whoever McConnell's the 13th, and then I guess random somebody the 15th. Random right? somebody for 15th, yes. Okay. Yeah, that, so I mean, that's so easy. roster changes from last year to this year would be Jakar out. Uh, wow, I should have prepared more for what I was about to say. Well, the two the two rookies come in. Jakar and they replace, out, Aaron Holiday out. And, and uh, Doug McDermott out. And Doug McDermott out for... Two rookies. Jackson and the one guy. Yep. Yep. That's yeah. my official predictions. And then the two this, ways, this is the last thing I wanted to talk about. Yeah. I brought this up earlier where Cash just got the qualifying offer. So technically he could sign that anytime. I think that basically means Dwayne Washington hasn't officially signed his two way. It's some complicated crap, whatever. Anyway, I think that that what's going to happen since Cassius and Brima are both on a two way. And I was talking to Chad Buchanan last week at media stuff and they hadn't quite decided what they want to do with their other two way slot. I'm guessing whoever performs better at summer league gets the spot where Cassius probably has a slight advantage going in. So, like, if he plays a little bit worse than Brian, he'll probably still get it. That's my guess is what they're thinking, and they have time to evaluate them for free, basically, at Summer League. Um, but I don't know that. That's just what I'm thinking they're going to be thinking. Yeah, I mean, that that makes a lot of sense. I think the two-way guys are, like you said, are very, like, you can, you're going to kind of just, like, see the guy you think has the best potential, and that's you'll slot in and out, right? I mean, there's just, like, there's no, like, guarantee that you need to like go with a certain player because you paid him even a little bit because it's not that much money guaranteed anyways. Right. So one more thing with Keelan, he's not on the summer league roster. Does that mean anything to you in this free agency discussion? I mean, he's 27, right? So I don't, yeah, that's odd. If he was, to be honest, right. He'll probably get a job. If the pages don't sign, he'll probably not a job. He's 26. Excuse me. He'll end up somewhere else. He'll get a spot somewhere else. I would assume at least like to, he was, he was like, this sounds dumb, but like, he was alarmingly good at the end of the season. You know what I mean? Like he was just so bad to start the year. Remember, he couldn't like, make a three right. to start the season, but then he finally got it going towards the end. Yeah. Um, he, no, I mean, I think mean, worst case, he's battling again on some other roster for the yeah. 14 or 15 spot, whatever. Right. You know, I'm not, I don't think he's going to be out of a job if they just don't, don't pick up his option. Right. So he could be back or not. And if he's not back, then they have two spots to work with, but they have very similar budget constraints. So it's not like the sexiest extra spot, but they do. But they're going to probably, if our predictions are correct, have at least Jakar's spot, at least one free agency spot they have to do something with. So what are they going to do? Well, let's make our predictions. We ran through all the positions. We've gone through every player. We've gone through all the decisions they have to make. Now we got to put our money where our mouth is, Adam. So let's take a break and talk about that. But first, got to talk about the awesome folks over at betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season rocking in full swing. You can track all the action over there, plus the latest nudes, odds, and info for your other sporting needs, including in the NBA. They have over-unders for some guys in the NBA next season. They also have Rookie of the Year odds, MVP odds. Uh, Brogdon at plus 25,000 for MVP next year is on there. Uh, Chris Duarte is on there for Rookie of the Year. I can't, there it is, at plus 3,500. So if those interest you, go check out betonline.ag on your laptop or mobile device. Check out all the stuff they've got there. If you head over to that website, and sign up today, betonline.ag. When you sign up, if you use the promo code Locked On, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. That promo code is Locked On, one word, betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Okay, 
So let's say they need one spot. Let's say our predictions are correct. And if, and if our predictions are slightly wrong, they only need two spots, right? So even, that's not such a dramatic change, especially because the rotation is mostly filled next year. So I want to bring up one thing before we really get rolling, okay? Okay. Because they traded Aaron Holiday, I think that even if they bring back McConnell, they will add an, a, a, a depth point guard. You know what I mean? I think they kind of need that in case one of them gets hurt. So I think that that is probably the most important position they have in free agency. And we brought up why they might sign one a guy at that position kind of anyway, even if they kept Aaron uh, before when we did our point guard preview. But now I think it's kind of likely that one of their last roster spots goes to like, not a guy who'd be in your rotation, but a guy who is willing to take a guaranteed deal to be your like third or fourth point guard. Yeah, I think that, that makes the most sense. So it, it's not as, as as exciting, but I think it's kind of a need to have, like especially if McConnell gets hurt because, you know, without Aaron, like I guess you could squint and and have like a Lamb, Duarte, uh, Justin so, Holiday threesome be your backcourt for your bench, but that that's not enough ball handling to me. Yeah, but to me, then that's when you start kind of stretching out your starters. Then, Staggering right? Karras more, yeah. Right, I mean, like the other thought, like the other thought is like some in some crazy world, like how do you, you flip Turner into like a real starting point guard, and then you have McBrogdon play a lot of the bench. Point That's possible. Well. You could stagger them off, but I don't know how you do that. I mean, I just don't. That that takes too much gymnastics for me to figure. Yeah. out. I mean, there's there's probably a way, but it would take a lot. Well, and again, it's easier to work. predict signings because I know all the teams' cap situations and what guys are worth. I can't just guess on trades and then make rosters based on that. Exactly, but like that's I mean that's like an option of like I think. You could figure that out. I mean, the thing about McConnell, frankly, is why he's so valuable in general is he's well, he's played every game or every game, but yeah. like one or two the past two seasons. So he's not really getting hurt. I'm not, I mean, if he, well, I, well, I say that, he'll sign a deal, get hurt the first game, but you know. Right. Yeah. So let's run uh, through a couple other considerations I want to make before we list some guys that I think will ultimately end up making sense. Okay. So one is that they might need a third point guard more now than they did when we did our point guard preview, which gives, uh, which gives a few guys a leg up in theory. We'll get to their names. Two. Another thing I would like to throw in the ring as a consideration. Uh, because Warren's deal is coming up, if they and they would like to keep him, uh, and potential extensions are coming up, though I don't know who they would extend, but whatever. Goga gets $1.7 million more expensive next year, right? O'Shea gets more expensive next year. Not by a lot, but a little, right? More money is coming up. I think they would be searching for a guy who will take a one-year deal. Does that make sense? Or do you think that that does not make sense? Well... We assume the cap is going to increase a decent amount once they finally get back to normal, right? Full fan. Uh, can I? Yes, eventually. But I think that normal is two seasons from now because I, okay. think they, I think they artificially set it for three years on purpose so they could work and make back more money against the loss they had in 2020. Okay, that makes sense. So we won't see a big jump until the that, year. That might be wrong because I know the cap numbers for next year. Like I still have them as estimated in my sheet, but I'm almost positive that it's going to be. They're just going to use what they estimated, so they can make. They're not going to let there be a big jump like there was that what 2016 year. Even if they made more money than they thought last year, I know our listeners are thrilled to be hearing about NBA finances. Um, But even if the league made more money than they thought last year, which is possible, right? They got a ton of playoff gate revenue and a lot of games. They'll probably still keep it low on purpose, which they're allowed to do because then they make more BRI to distribute. To yeah. The thing I would say, and it really depends how Warren did you go, but the actual Warren money comes from Jeremy Lamb's salary. That, yeah, that's also true. Right. Jeremy Lamb. And then and then it comes from. Yeah, but then you're broke. running back the same team again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, so let's say next year they have a decent year. Let's say they like go to seven in the first round and there's like some hope and there's some there's another move. To <laughs> I know there's a there's a center move still. To <laughs> happen. You can also clear money out. 
But like you decide Warren's a good piece. You want Warren and whatever. And you like, like you could get and Warren gets, let's say, I mean, it's probably low end if it's a great year, but $25 million, basically a salary now plus land gets there. Plus then the go decision where you'll, you'll definitely ha- probably pick up his fourth year option, but like then you can move him then because you should yeah. have a better idea after year three. And I know it's again, not great two years in a row, three years in a row, moving your first round pick for three seasons. But like, I don't know. I mean, if they're not good enough to play, you got to do something. You can't just pay them. You know, All you this just, stuff like, changes so fast too. You know what I mean? Yeah. So who knows? But like, I'm saying like, like I'm not, I guess I'm not too worried about like needing a one year deal. And that's I think, although I think the guy probably will, because it's going to be a lower end player anyways, but like, that's not the huge concern. Cause I think there's room to get money available to, to not be at the tax and still have eight or nine good players. Cause there's just, there's just a lot of salaries coming off that aren't really going to play next year anyways. I think if they sign a minimum guy, it'll just be a one-year deal anyway, like they've done yeah. with Jakar for a few seasons. But yeah, if it's like a more expensive, meaningful, like you're using your MLE anyway, there's no restrictions on the years for the MLE. So I guess that's true. If you're getting a guy who might be in your rotation or is good with your MLE, you might as well uh, attack on the years. That That's fair. And I, I guess with and I guess even next summer, right, Brogdon will be an expiring, Turner will be an expiring, Karras will be an expiring, yeah, Justin will be moves. an expiring, yeah. O'Shea's an expiring. Like, in theory, if you need to cut money to keep TJ Warren because he's awesome next year again, then, yeah, there are ways to do it. So okay. make it work. I, if he has I, a great rescind- season, you'll make it work because TJ Warren will be worth it. I rescind that that might not be as important if they get someone meaningful, but I think for minimum guys, they'll still... I mean, minimum deals can only be two years in total anyway. Yeah, so are, but- are we thinking, like, I mean, so, like, I guess it was your question, but, like, we're thinking this guy would be, like, maybe a guy that makes four or five millions, maybe give him a two for ten. No, I don't think so at all. Okay. I actually yeah. think anyone that... If they get McConnell at their our estimated number, well, my estimated number, uh, then I think that at most they spend the BAE, but they don't even use the MLE. They might use the okay. BAE in minimums or something. Okay. No, that's what I was trying to get to, get, get get you towards. So give me your predictions. I mean, no, we got well, to get duration. Okay. Remember after the season in the presser, Kevin Pritchard was talking about he challenged a lot of players to be a veteran leader, right? They haven't had that since Al Jefferson. He said he mentioned as a, a guy he called out, and and Thad was really good about that too. But you know, Al was like amazing at it, and Al like Thad played right. So it's a that was I think a little bit of the distinction he was making as well. It's just like a not a pure locker room guy, but a guy like that. I would not be surprised if the end of roster guy they sign is very old or like pretty old, if that makes any sense. Yeah, you're big on the was it Dudley the one that you're big on? Was well, it huge on it? But yes, I think Dudley makes a lot of sense. And like Chris Haynes, I don't, I don't want to talk rumors today, but Chris Haynes linked them to Nick Batum, right? Uh, in in a tweet today, and I, I'm assuming Nick Batum is just like, hey, I'm gonna leverage my way to a bunch of money with the Clippers, but yeah. Uh, if Batum is the guy who you get with your tax MLE or something, right? He's a great, it's a great fit for that, right? He's been on a lot of teams, a lot of good teams, right? He'd be a good fit for that kind of role. Um, but yes, someone like that, although Batum would probably play. Yeah. I mean, Batum is probably too good for that role. I agree. He might right? You're looking good. for somebody who really can get a spot in one of the good, better teams and they just want to still make some money basically and provide some leadership. Yeah. Right. I mean, it, it, it's a certain type of player has to fit in this role, right? Because he can't be too good because then the team, he'll go to one of the like title contenders, right? If he's good enough at whatever salary, because he'll be not title contenders, so he'll go to one of the four or five teams that is competing or the warmer cities or nicer cities. Right. Um, for NBA players. So, like, it has to be a guy who, like, can't be on those teams, can't play, but also still better enough to provide you that leadership. It's a very, like, narrow set of players. Yes. Okay, so I have I have my fave I've been talking about for forever as a one-year men guy who will also be a vet leader, wouldn't play that much, will be an MF. Although them drafting Isaiah Jackson makes snagging a four less likely. James Johnson has still been one of my favorite Pacers free agents for a very long time just because of the off-court presence he brings. And, you know, he's always got his teammates back. 
he could fit a position of need. Like if one big gets hurt, James Johnson's all of a sudden ready to go. Uh, so that's one guy I've always liked and one guy that I think makes some sense in free agency. Do you want me to do a couple names or just we'll alternate? So are you doing like names or are you doing pace or like what? Like, like are you trying to, what, I guess you're going to really see the parameters of like what predictions you make. Oh, I'm just predicting some guys I think that could be the Pacers' last guy, assuming our last segment is mostly correct. Okay. I mean, I was thinking that I was like, I, I think the Pacers would probably make a sign and trade of some kind. That is I mean, my bold prediction. I was going to give a name. So my bold prediction to make a sign and trade, which can mean a couple of different players could fit into that kind of category. I was make. That's my bold prediction they're going to make a sign and trade. But uh, probably just Dermot, really, right? Uh, you well, can take a sign and trade for another player using one of your current players. Oh, they trade for someone who's being signed and trade. Well, that's what uh, I, just, I said. It. It'll be involved in a signing trade. Oh, I was thinking too narrowly. Uh, there's, there's two is, options there, basically. That is possible. Uh, I would have trouble. Again, I'd be guessing, but uh, yeah. I'm not going to say my name because I don't know. I'm just saying that I just, that's my, that would be like my bold prediction for trades for the Pacers. They do something like that. Yes, that is on the table. Uh, a lot of the guys who are going to make more than the MLE aren't really worth it. So, like, unless they're getting. Lowry, Conley, uh, let me go through some other business. Kawhi, Ball. Uh, uh, Chris Paul. No, Ball, Lonzo Ball. Oh, Lonzo, yes. Tim Hardaway, Kawhi, let's see. Who? I'm just thinking of guys who would be worth giving up. Wait, like Forney would be worth it, you think? Maybe. Okay. Would you give up an asset and a thing to match the salary for him? Uh, I don't know if I would. <laughs> it's tight. Dinwiddie's kind of the same area, I think. That might kind of be it. I mean, it's not a great group. Not a great group this year. It's not a great range of class in general. Yeah. So there's not many, but I, I, I think mostly a point guard. Those are the guys that you would do that for. Yeah. Uh, so maybe that's possible. I don't I don't predict that, though. If I'm making predictions, I don't think they sign and trade. Okay. They trade for someone in a sign and trade. Yeah, that's just going to be my bold prediction. It doesn't have, I don't know if it's going to be right. I just want that's it to be bold. So, yeah, uh, if I'm making an actual prediction, I'm, I don't want to do names. But I think if I'm doing like guys that make sense that I can kind of predict to James Johnson's one. Another one I typed down is Rudy Gay. Um, especially if they lose McDermott, just to add some depth and veteran presence on the wing. I think he's been linked to the Lakers because they need any form of shooting and wing presence in general anyway. But like, if the Pacers are willing to offer their BAE for Rudy Gay or the, the tax MLE for Rudy Gay, I think he might take that on a one-year deal. They, I think they met with him a few years ago. Um, I heard they met with him in Baltimore, of all places, but you know that that's a random city, so I'm not sure if that's true or not. But I think they had some interest in him in the past, so that makes some sense to me. Yeah, I mean, the other name to throw out, I know you don't put rumors too much, but like the Lou Williams rumors floating out as we. Why? Record. That doesn't make any sense to me. Why? Uh, it, I guess if you don't keep McConnell and you don't keep McDermott, you need somebody at that spot. That's right. That's at what spot? At that $8 million. You're playing him at point guard? Oh, he's not going to make close to $8 million. No way. Do you think he went five to seven then? Uh, five? Three? <laughs> you think? Okay. No, I mean, that's fair. I, I don't know. I mean, year. he does have such a. Uh, his playoff numbers are. Mm, but his Raylison numbers are really great. I don't know. Yeah, and he's older. Regular season numbers of uh, uh, 10 points on 39% shooting with the Hawks. Oh, so I'm talking about like two seasons ago. He was like, what, 18 points a game? Oh, if they could get two seasons ago, Lou Williams, then maybe we'd be talking. <laughs> I know, but I, well, the <laughs> question, do you chuck up this year as like he finally hit the, you know, the age ceiling or is just like, was it a kind yeah, he's of like, He's 35 now, yeah. Yeah, probably. So, I mean, so that is, does he fit in that like you re-signed McDermott for 10 and you the guy for three? <laughs> sure. I just the thing with Lou Will, I saw that connection from Mike Scott today, who he's been think all over a, Pacers News, by the way. Uh I think it's bullshit. Like would he frankly. play? 
Well, I think too, it's just, it's classic. Like he's probably going to the bucks or something like that, what it seems like. And they're yeah. just trying to get the bid price up by just, other like, teams. Like Lou, Lou is worse than McConnell. I would, I would rather play Duarte or Sumner than him. He's definitely yeah, like, worse what than if just leaves to leave. Like what McConnell just goes to Boston, let's say, or something like that. Yeah. I mean, I suppose. Okay. Then I'd still rather sign a point guard than Lou Williams. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, you're not. I guess I'm just I wondering heard the like, rumor, and I don't. I just don't get it. We, it no, I, I I think the rumor is a leverage play by the agent to have I more agree. teams interested in doing that in Definitely quotes. Agree. So um, another list of guys I want to look at are guys who were on Dallas last year, right? Did they jive with Carlisle? And that's where JJ Redick uh, makes some sense to me. Is a very cheap. You know, he can shoot and play the wing, right? That always is going to be a fit. Yeah, but he's he falls in that category where if he's going to be so cheap, he's going to like Brooklyn. <laughs> Probably, especially because that's home for him. But remember, Pacers had interest in him. He did say on his podcast with Karis LeVert that he did, that he liked Carlisle. So just a tip in the cap there. And Tim okay. Hardaway. No, I'm just saying. I, I, you I agree to, with like, you. I agree with you. I'm just. Somebody like came here have to overpay for it, right? And like, what is he really? Like, he's was not very well, I would not overpay for him if that's what it came well, to. Well, I know. And he was, this, he's kind of in the same somewhat spot as the Williams, right? Where he like just wasn't very good last year. And did he hit the, finally hit the age ceiling after all those years where he was right. pretty good. Right. Uh, two he was hurt a lot last year too. Yeah, no, I saw, but again, Which, he's that's 30. That's a consequence of being old. <laughs> yeah, he's going to be 37. So, like, then you have to give him, like, $5 million to make right. him come here because, like, that's way more than he's worth, ultimately, and I don't know if you do that, frankly. I continue to say Rahul Neto uh, as the as the very benchy reserve point guard uh, on the minimum. That'd be great to me, especially if McConnell's back. He'd be a great depth piece. Um, but point guards are hard. Like, if McConnell does stay, it, it, it's a hard line to toe of, like, you're coming to our team, but you're also not playing. You know, there's not a lot of like guys would obviously take a non-playing role at this stage unless you're really scraping the barrel. Maybe like Frank Mason, uh, who played for the Magic for a few games last year. Shaq Harrison, Kansas maybe. This guy, right? Frank Mason's Kansas. Yeah. Back in the day. Yeah, he was really player of the year at college. Was he? Was he really? I thought it was. I think uh, so. Yeah, be right. I'm trying to think what they had. They had a lot of good point guards in Kansas. I can't remember. Was he the player of the year or was it? Devontae Grant? I will Google uh, his Wikipedia, which has never. Yeah, he was. Him. You're right. 2016, 17. So he's been in the NBA for four years. He's like, okay. You know, he, if he's your last point guard, that's fine. You know, something like that. Um, but I struggle to think of any other specific name that if the Pacers signed that guy to go, yeah, great. That makes sense. And it's been a lot easier for us to do this in the past. Like last year, it was very obvious they were going to resign their own guys and make deals. And two years ago, we nailed Brogdon. Uh, what we were, I mean, we called him the best case scenario, but still. Uh, three years ago, we got Tyreek Evans right. This year is the hardest time I've had predicted yeah, what they might do. We were on the Gordon Hayward thing last year. We just you were on the Gordon Hayward thing last year. I was not. <laughs> oh well, it fell through ultimately. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were way closer than I was. So um, this year, I'm having just a lot harder time because I can see them doing a lot of stuff. But I think that point guard and shooters make the most sense. So don't be surprised by any of those. You got any other names? Specific names? No, I don't. I mean. It's hard. It's hard this year. No, I mean, like we did the free agency. I, I'm just going back to free agency shows, and we're just kind of like, eh, maybe they're maybe. just loaded. They already had loaded is such the wrong word, but they just they have, they have a lot of guys at every position already, basically. Yeah, well, because they especially they have with a bunch Duarte of, in now, they have a bunch of average salary players instead of any like top level. Right? They're not like right. sitting on two thirty million dollars. They're sitting on a bunch of fifteen to twenty salaries. I agree. So it's hard. That's why I like the names I like because they're guys who like if you get a forward, they might play with McDermott's gone, right? Like Duarte's spot in the rotation is obviously not set. Neither I guess no. O'Shea should be, but maybe it isn't. So I would suppose that such a player could get minutes. And but you know any other position, I don't I don't know that they could even get minutes. So it's hard to think of anyone that makes sense. Yeah, I mean we could be sitting here and, and three years from now, just like they just did McConnell and then signed somebody random that's not yep. going to play and that's it. I mean that's, yeah, but that that's like possibly the most realistic summer they have. No, I mean that's, that's I mean that's probably I mean that's what I'm saying because like. 
then they, then they're going to play Georgia a little bit, try to play O'Shea, try to play right. young guys, try to figure it out, maybe, you know, and see what they can throw against the wall this season, essentially, and hope maybe stay healthy for 65 games with their starters. For those who are still with us, uh, I actually think that, you know, just given the way that this draft was so close to the free agency, you'll probably see one of McDermott or McConnell make their choice right away, like pretty close to 6 p.m. So you'll get a good dose of clarity on what the Pacers could or should do pretty quick. So we'll try to put a podcast up reacting to night one as fast as we can. Uh, I think me and you will both probably be working right at six. So it might be later than that when it comes up. Yeah, but a bit, I would expect yeah. one of their biggest decisions to be made pretty early and maybe the smaller ones take longer time, especially that last two-way slot, which could take till the end of summer league. So it might be quick right right away and then slower. We'll see, but we'll break it all down. That's how Lockdown Pacers works, baby. Yeah, we'll follow all the news all week. Last year, Justin Holiday came right away, which was a very... No, he didn't. Didn't he come late? He came two days late. No, he came a few hours late. Remember, we were sitting there together for a while and... Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's right. You're right. I was thinking he came like the next night, but you're right. He came at like 11 o'clock that night. Yeah, it was like 11 p.m., right? Did we record before and then have to re-record? Oh, uh, we, we talked for like 15 minutes and we were recording because we remember we recorded live a few years ago and they had a bunch of space and they sound like Brogdon and Lamb in like two seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. We can do that for the show. We don't need to keep doing this on the yeah, show. Yeah, we're not going to be needing to do live this year. So that's yeah, going to be fun. Uh, it, we'll talk about free agency all week. I mean, there'll be stuff to talk about and the ripple effects of that stuff all week. And we'll, we'll break it all down. Adam, you got anything else today? No, I think I'm good. Get hype, everybody. Uh, it's, it's all of your listening, most of you listening's favorite time of year. So get excited. Uh, we'll break it all down here. We'll be back tomorrow talking day one, what deals happened, what deals didn't happen, and what it means for the Pacers. So thank you guys for listening. Have a great Sunday slash Monday, and we'll see you very soon.